It's time for Friday Follies, right here on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. Bruff Taxwind Sky Sailor is brought to you by the disintegration of traditional gender roles and the impossibility of living on a single income. Now everybody gets to work twice as hard and never see their children. We did it, America! It is the year 2016, and life has lost all meaning. What once was up is down. What once was right is wrong. And those who dare to make a podcast which subversively reanimates the dead art of radio theater are considered dangerous criminal outcasts. Driven into exile, four pungent brigands risk their lives each week to broadcast from a South Seas barge, crudely fashioned from the disintegrating corpse of an ancient titan and several thousand yards of cooking twine to bring you the triumph, the majesty, the sublimity of rude alchemy. Hey everyone, uh, this, is, this is a long one, so let's just get to it. I thought our days with you were over. Yet, here I am. Listen, I don't know what you're doing here, what kind of sick, twisted, child prostitution ring you got going on here. Whoa, 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 prostitution? Who said anything about prostitution? I, I just assumed... Assumed what? Yeah, assumed what? Well, I'm not entirely clear on what you all are doing up here, so, you know, I mean... Fable? Fable f***ing what? I haven't the faintest idea where or why you have come to such a far-fetched conclusion about these young boys. Prostitution ring? Really, bruv? Why? Why? Yeah, I think we should just move on. No, 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 no. Now it's weird. I, I didn't mean I wanted these boys to be a child prostitution ring. That's disgusting. Is that what you think? Seriously, bruv, we need to move on. Yeah, I, I think that's best. Okay, fine. I just feel like now you all think that I might like little boys, like sexually, which is disgusting and not true. No one thinks that, bruv. Yeah, sure, no one thinks that. I think that. Ah, oh, damn it, Cherry Top! See? That's bullshit. I do not, okay? I just thought that since Tangier is involved... Whoa, whoa, what? You think that's the business I mean? Tell us, seriously, we need to move on from the discussion about little boy prostitution rings. We can clear all this up some other time. Hey, can you do something about this? Honestly, I, I, I wouldn't even know where to begin. You know what? Let's just start over, okay? Can we take it back? 
Yeah, you uh, you do whatever you need to do. Okay, fine. We're taking it back. Fine by me. Okay. <sighs> Listen, Tangier, I don't know what you're doing here or what kind of weird cult... Cult? Yeah, yeah, that's good. What kind of weird cult you have going on here, but... Shh, 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 shh. My boys, how good to see you again. But what trouble have you found ourselves in this time? We was, we was just showing these oldies here how to handle our own. Little Moppet here used to balls warnings and ask us settle up. Is this true, my boy? Have you broken your promise? I, I, I just... What? What is it, my child? I, I just got scared, is all. Of course you did. Of course you were scared, my dear sweet fragile boy. It is a scary world, is it not? With terrors of all kind lurking in every shadow. Tangier knelt before Mophead, and in a kind, loving manner, took the boy in his arms and comforted him. But you will be safe now. Then he snapped the boy's neck. Oh, God! Oh, oh, no! Oh, oh shit! I'm gonna... Seriously? <clears throat> oh, God! You bastard. Why? He was just a kid. Damn it, he was a child! A fearful child who would grow to be a fearful man. I have no use for fear. Not when it manifests itself as weakness. But you wouldn't know about that, would you? Your fear has always been a strength, has it not? Mr. Inkman, sir, uh, we, he's just about to go off these oldies next. Um, you won't watch? I've been working on this new, like, a slice bash move with my machete. I found a few months back. I sliced the guy's throat and bashed his eyes in. No harm will befall this man. Not here. What, what, what? Do you know who these men are? This is Fable G. Lexington, a man whose illustrious history includes such feats as killing four men with nothing more than a glass bottle at the age of 16. He is also responsible for a nearly successful attempt on the king's life 12 years ago. How? How the hell do you know? You will come to find there is little I don't know about you, good sir. I have been in the mirror for quite some time. But I never... No one knows. I am a far cry from no one. Sounds like a badass. Indeed, but he pales in comparison to his companion, does she know? This year, my boys, is a celebrity. A god among men. At least today. This is our world's most wanted man. A terrorist of unparalleled infamy. This is Bruff Taxwind, destroyer of the Atlantean, the greatest airship to ever touch the sky. How many lives did you end, Monsieur Taxwind? You son of a- My children, you see before you two of the greatest villains this world has ever known. Fear them. Praise them. Exalt them. Be them. Tangier's words inspired the boys who frothed with admiration of the two heroes that knelt before them. The children swarmed Bruff and Fable and lifted them into the air. All the while, Bruff hated Tangier for his characterization of recent acts, though he knew that the mysterious man was correct. Bruff was a villain, and his heart sank. 
Also, what the hell was all that shit with Fable? He did that? Really? Oh, and it sounded like there was more there, like like Tangier could have easily listed like twelve other crazy-ass things the old man did and still just scratched the surface. Oh, oh yeah, I smell a spin-off. The boys put the two men back down and asked what they could do to make their stay more comfortable. Many suggestions were offered. How about a foot rub? Something to eat? What about whiskey? Uh, sorry, boys, but uh, I'm fine. Just need another quick word with the ink man. What can I do for you, good sir? Bruff immediately leapt for the tall Frenchman and began dragging him to the floor. Uh, uh, They tumbled over each other uh, and Bruff twisted himself over the lanky frogman. Bruff slammed his knee into Tangier's gut and began pummeling him with both fists. Tangier's face soon became nothing more than a fleshy mess of blood and teeth. How's this for a villain, you son of a bitch? The boys stood around in stunned silence as Bruff continued to beat Tangier. Soon, though, the initial shock wore off for Cherry Top, who began to call for the boys to defend their god. Cappy, get your nails. Bink, get the bats. Everyone, I want this bastard dead. Like little cockroaches, the boys scattered all around to get their respective weapon of choice. Fable saw an opening. Bruff, Bruff, we gotta go. They're gonna kill us all. Grab him. What? We're taking the bastard with us. Rather than wasting time arguing, Fable grabbed the unconscious surrender monkey's legs while Bruff lifted him up from the shoulders. As quickly as they could, they ran to the pigeon and up the ramp. The boys ran after them with their battle cries swelling to a fever pitch. Bruff knew that if they didn't take off soon, the little tykes would rip the griffin apart and then do the same to him and Fable. Tie the bastard up. I'm going to get us out of here. And then they took off. Hmm. I, I thought there'd be something more dramatic there. A little more flair or suspense. It was rather anticlimactic, wasn't it? They just... They just took off. Yeah. That's that? You know what? Maybe I'm missing a page. Uh, what's that, Court? No, 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 miss, no missing pages. That's that's just uh, that's just what they wrote. So, you know, you know what the hell goes on in that writer's room anyway? I mean, they're clearly not writing. Do they just sit around all day watching The Walking Dead or something? Oh, Black Mirror. That's a Netflix show, right? No, no, you know, I haven't seen any of it. Seems like something I'd be up on, right? British anthology, my cup of tea. It's just, who's got a spare hour these days, right? No, you're right, I I, I should make time for it myself. Uh, It's important. Okay, Black Mirror, it's on my list. Uh, Okay, let's see. Ah, yes. Once aboard the Griffin and sailing safely away from the monstrous little children of the secluded Sky City, Bruff set course for Yugoslavia. You sure you know what you're doing, Bruff? No. But what choice do we have? We're in it now, and there's no turning back. What's going down is going down in Yugoslavia, and so that's where we're heading. But we don't even know what it is or how to stop it. No. But he does. Bruff walked over to the tied and gagged rifle dropper. Kneeling before him, Bruff looked deep into his eyes as he spoke to the perfumed snail snapper. I'm gonna take the gag out, but I ain't untying you, you hear? You're gonna tell me what I want to know, and then maybe, just maybe, 
I'll bring this blimp low enough that when I throw you from it, you might not die. Got it? Bruff ripped the gag from the crouton's mouth. I am glad to see you have not lost your flair for the dramatics or violence. It has been ages since I suffered such a beating. How refreshing. What was that back there? The boys, who are they? And why did they worship you? Well, I for one can tell you what they weren't. And that is a child prostitution ring. Oh, damn it, bruv, you just keep with this thing and... Just saying. No child prostitutes to see here, folks. For f**k's sake, bruv, no one thought there was. Just stop talking about child prostitution, okay? I'm not talking about it. I'm just saying that there's nothing to talk about. It is not a thing. Then stop bringing it up. I didn't. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. You just brought it up. Oh, well, I only brought it up to... And just like that, for some unexplained, mysterious, and never-to-be-revealed reason, Bruff's mind was entirely erased of all subject matter pertaining to, in any way, child prostitution. Good call. Yeah, well played. Thank you. You're welcome. Wait, what? So, spill it, turtleneck. What was that back there? You have witnessed a product of mine. It is but one of many. Though I admit this particular venture holds a special place in my heart. Such young boys, so pliable, so easily influenced. Many of them have grown to be some of my greatest creations. Specifics, Tangier, what the hell are you talking about? I am the supplier of goods. When there is a need for a product that one cannot obtain elsewhere, I am contacted. Power can be quite effective at solving problems, but even those in power have a difficult time solving all their problems. When a nation's leader needs to be disposed of, but public support for war is not available? When a warlord is engaged in ethnic cleansing, but no military action can be taken? When a business is engaged in criminal activity, but not enough evidence exists for legal action? Who can we turn to? Who do we turn to? What is he getting at? Assassins. He's raising assassins. Bravo, Monsieur Lexington. Those kids look a long way off from being professional, international, for-hire assassins. Few of my products reach the end of the assembly line ready for market, though I always manage to find a suitable purpose for those who do not. The world is lacking in killers. Demand is always prescient. So you raise kids to be psychopathic killers and then sell them to the highest bidder? For the most part. And for the not-so-most part? There is the occasional diamond in the rough. The one child who cannot be molded. The one whose destiny is his own to make. These children, they're unbreakable. Stubborn. Angry. Scared. But also strong, willful, and able. Those are the children I find a very special, rare purpose for. The rest of the boys are checkers. Red or black, it matters little. Their purpose is known. These few others, they are chess. A piece I wait for longer to move. And do so only when the time is perfect. These are my proudest accomplishments. You kidnap children and turn them into monsters. That's nothing to be proud of. You speak so ill of them. You would not know your brother if it were not for me. What? 
Whiff was my greatest creation of all. He stood above all the others. I knew how special he was. I quickly removed him from my roster and raised him on my own. He was my greatest achievement. Damn you. Bruff leapt towards the kloof booter, ready to rip him to shreds. Fable held his friend back and tried to speak some sense to the young lad. I know, Bruff. I know you want him dead. Hell, I do too. But we need the sumbitch. Like you said, this ain't over and we're in it. Like it or not, that bastard is the key to the whole bloody thing. Fine. Fine. I don't know who or what the hell you really are, Tangier, but damn it, you're going to stop whatever is happening. And then we'll deal with the rest of it. I am at your service, monsieur. Good. Now start talking about Yugoslavia. Now. My sincerest apologies, monsieur, but unfortunately on this particular subject, I cannot oblige. What's that? I am unable to divulge any information about this. Is that right? It is so. Well... Yeah? Go at it. Bruff excitedly began getting tools ready. (laughs) He opened crates and grabbed whatever struck his fancy and inspired his imagination. After nearly a half hour, he had many objects laid out before Tangier. I'm going to torture the f*** out of you. Bruff began by tightly grasping Tangier's forefinger. He took a long... He took a long, thin sewing needle he found and, uh... Jabbed it and jabbed... Yeah, Jeb, oh God. Okay, get it together, narrator. Okay, come on. Come on. Uh, Bruff, jab the needle and. Oh, oh God, I can't, I can't, I'm sorry. Oh God, uh, I'm seeing stars, I see stars. Let's just move on. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, okay. Tangier's resilience. Yeah, Tangier's resilience was impressive. He made a barely a squeak, though his hand was covered in blood. His resistance, though, only strengthened Bruff's determination. <sighs> Silently, with the with the smallest of smirks, Bruff grabbed a oh, he grabbed a silver fork and spoon he found from yet another piece of luggage. He unzipped oh, he unzipped Tangier's trousers and oh God. Oh, Jesus, no! Jesus! Jesus, Mary and Joseph, please, no! Oh, no, don't touch me, Courtney, don't touch me! (coughs) Okay, nope, I I can't, I can't. We're just, we're moving on. We're moving on! How can anyone withstand that? (sighs) Yet withstand he did. Tangier hardly moved at all, and Bruff began wondering if the man or creature even felt pain. Bruff stood and looked at the horrible mess he had created. Guess we'll just have to get creative then. Huh. (sighs) Lifting a satchel he had laid on the ground, Bruff opened the flap and withdrew. He withdrew a long stem candle and a pack of matches. Oh, come on! After lighting the candle, he turned Tangier around. God, for heaven's sake, come on! Come on, that's not even torture. That's just... That's just disgusting. Bruff, I don't think anything physical is gonna do it. Well, what else do you have in mind? Tangier seems to be a rather sophisticated man, isn't that right? This is true. Probably has a great appreciation for the fine arts, I'd say. Any truly civilized gentleman would. 
And he probably just despises when an individual of the lower class tries and inevitably fails to imitate the great works of our ancestors. What are you getting at, old man? I bet you're the kind of wimpy pansy ass who enjoys opera, right? No, no, no. I I hate opera. I hate how do you say opera? 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 I hate opera. Oh, good. Then you won't mind if I try my hand at a rendition of a classic, right? I always did enjoy this one, though I must admit the old pipes ain't what they used to be. an unconventional means of torture, Fable's plan began to yield almost immediate results. Tangier squirmed under his ropes, his face twisting in agony as he desperately tried to block out the ear-raping that was Fable's voice. Okay, 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 Jesus, fine, I'll tell you everything, I'll tell you everything, shut, shut up, just shut up, God, you have an awful voice, what were you, trying to be bad, or is that really how you sing? Oh, you disgusting. Start talking. I do not know much, I swear. Only that Toskin tell, and they are uh, uh, an international conglomerate. We know who Tuscan Talon are. Yes, of course. Anyway, they have been conducting a variety of experiments in a range of fields for quite some time. One of them involves the manual shifting of tectonic plates. They have been experimenting in Yugoslavia for the better part of a decade, but now their experiments have resulted in an unexpected seismic event of unprecedented proportions. A tremendous earthquake is about to strike, unless... Unless what? Tangier's face hardened. He was clearly unaccustomed to being in such a precarious position, and he could not resist one final attempt at defiance. Fine, damn, damn it, that, that really is awful. Unless what? Unless we deliver a pneumatic drilling device used in the experiments, only that device will counterbalance the eventual earthquake. Hold on, I'm confused. A pneumatic device used in experiments in Yugoslavia is causing a massive earthquake and the only way to prevent... Counterbalance. Uh, counterbalance its effect is to use the very drill that caused the earthquake to begin with? Precisely. Huh. Sounds a little... Yeah, I I know. Oh, man. You know, I'm halfway through this episode of Black Mirror and I'm already hooked. I totally get why the writers have ignored their work this season. Okay. Well, what's your involvement? I am going to shave Yugoslavia. Save it? Tushkin Talon have gone too far this time. Certain checks and balances have been ignored. I found it appropriate to stop them this time. Stop them how? By using their own device against them? I'm as confused as a donkey on a merry-go-round. Oh, is he gonna f*** the pig? Oh, is he is he actually gonna do it? Oh my god! I have known the inner workings of Tushkintelin for quite some time. They are diligent in their work, always creating duplicates. I just happen to know where an exact replica of the device was stored and procured it. Wait a second. Where is it now? It is here. 
on this very ship. Will our dynamic duo be able to stop the massive earthquake about to strike? Will Tangier's actual intentions be revealed? Will Netflix stop buffering? Damn it, Courtney! I told you we need to call Comcast! Call this to connection sucks. Ugh, anyway, find out next time on Bruff Tax with Sky Sailor. Well, dear listeners, I hope you enjoyed this second episode of our second season of Mr. Bruff Taxwind. I know I did. Now, some of you may have noticed that our dear friend, creator, staff writer, and this season's showrunner, Mr. Andy Wertner, had very little dialogue at this episode. A sad but true fact. So we thought we'd bring Mr. Wertner into the outro for a little segment we like to call Fact-Checking with Andy Wertner. Andy? Thanks, narrator. And hello to our loyal listeners. I know some of you may have been offended by all the racial slurs used this episode. Our French friends may be hurting inside, and I'd like to take a moment on behalf of Rude Alchemy to say sincerely, we are sorry. Not sorry enough to change any of it or not air the episode, but sorry enough to say we're sorry, which I think we can all agree counts for a lot. We thank you in advance for your forgiveness and appreciate you not following through on the boycott we're sure you're planning. Also, I know many more of you may be confused a bit as to what those slanderous slurs actually mean. I'm happy to explain. For instance, snail snapper, well, some French people eat snails. Uh, That's it for that one. Or uh, how about turtleneck? Well, interestingly, many of the French are uncircumcised. And on that subject, a kloof booter is an old French man who steals the buttons off of women's clothing and then hides the buttons under his foreskin. After about a week or two of not washing, the buttons will become gooey and encrusted with smegma. After the man has accumulated 100 buttons under his foreskin, he finds an empty baby food jar, peels his foreskin back, and then scrapes off all of the buttons into the jar. After collecting several jars, the man then hides around town in bushes and other areas of concealment, and when a lady is about to pass by, he opens a jar and jumps out in the open, throwing a handful of buttons at the woman and yells, Kloof Putin! Thanks for listening. See you next time. Rough Tax Wind Sky Sailor is brought to you by hatred. Not deep societal hatred like racism or jingoism, but the way you feel about that Danielle and the way you can hear her chewing her lunch three fing cubicles over. Rude Alchemy is Mr. Thomas Hodgkin, Mr. Andrew Kane, Mr. Andy Wertner, and Mr. Ryan Whalen. Rough Tax Wind Sky Sailor Story by Rude Alchemy with Mr. Wertner as lead story editor. This episode written by Mr. Hodgkin and edited by special guest Michael Hahn, featuring the voices of Rude Alchemy. Music composed by Mr. Benjamin J. Robb. For a listing of Creative Commons sound effects attributions, visit rudealchemy.com attributions. Be sure to like and follow us on Facebook and Twitter, and please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes to support Rude Alchemy and gain access to exclusive bonus content including blooper reels from every season, visit rudealchemy.com support. And finally, a quick update on my progress here in Kentucky at the spiritual retreat center of Dr. Abrams. Things are going great. I'm feeling peaceful, happy, and content. My therapy has been extremely revelatory, and I finally have a context for all of the pain I've been experiencing the past few years. Yes, this is the best your old pal the announcer has felt in quite some time. It almost makes me wish I wasn't so close to perfecting myself through the process and graduating to the next level of consciousness. It'll be a real shame to leave my vehicle behind, especially since I'm healthier than I've ever been. Oh well, 
I suppose you're the ones that really should be feeling bad, especially since you'll be left to wallow in the spiritually poisoned atmosphere of a corrupt world. Good night. Chauncey Haworth, Mark Slade, and Lothar Tuppen. The demented minds behind the Twisted Pulp Radio Hour bring you... Twisted Pulp Magazine. A journey beyond surreality to worlds you never knew or hoped existed. Worlds of the supernatural. Worlds of dark satire. Worlds of nightmarish futures. Twisted Pulp Magazine. If you thought the 21st century was weird enough already, think again. Twisted Pulp Magazine. A step beyond your grandfather's pulp. Available at digitalvaudeville.com. That's D I G I T A L V A U D E V I L L E dot com. Mm-hmm.